Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> Are we in a Christmas mood? Yeah. It doesn't feel very festive. <laughs> the energy doesn't feel very upbeat. I just I'm- finished... Playing you jingle bells on the on the glockenspiel. Uh, yeah. How much more oh, I didn't could I be? I didn't recognize the song. Fuck you. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California. It's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, it's our Christmas show and time for a holiday tradition. Paula and I have picked out a movie to review. Tonight, we examine Gremlins to let you know if you should see the new film, Wonder Woman 1984. Plus, Bonnie Burns and Tony Anita Hall team up for another group report. This time, for Christmas, they'll dig into the North Pole. It's the Burns Hull Report, your definitive guide to information that is not definitive. I'm Adam Felber, the man who every week tries to keep conversational gremlins from infecting this show by keeping a tight lid on our topical mogwais. And now, please welcome the Wonder Woman of our podcast, who throws every topical gremlin into the deep end of the pool, where they reproduce at will, Paula Poundstone. <laughs> welcome, Paula Thank you so much. <laughs> ding a ling a ling a ling a ling. So Santa? Santa, is that you? Have you been a good girl, Paula Poundstone? <laughs> I've been fantastic. Um, so the last Christmas dinner that I had with Wait. my, my oh, before parents. Before I let you do that, Paula. Oh, oh, oh. Don't oh. you want to welcome a band? Oh, 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 oh. Somebody's going to be on the I naughty do, list. I do, Santa. Thank you. Uh, Santa you, heard a major fuck up there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Santa. And, and pardon me. Uh, 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 hey, it's me, Paul Poundstone. Hi, Adam. And thanks to tonight's house band. Returning champion on viola, Kristen Lejeune of the Lejeunes. She's from Lejeune. It's Mr. Mrs. Lejeune's youngest. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. You were saying, Paula, something about gifts. No, no, because, all right. So the last time that I had a dinner with, the, you know, my parents and their offspring... Um, it was with our, our old neighbors, the Rosses. I was a young adult. I mean, I might've been maybe 18, something like that. Okay. And, mm-hmm. uh, the Rosses were very religious. And so we, you know, we said grace at the beginning of the meal and everyone had, you know, bowed their head to say the grace. And, uh, before, uh, like in that moment of silence, just before Mr. Ross began the prayer, my mother went, Paula, be quiet. 
ju- and I wasn't saying anything. It was just <laughs> it was just such a sort of knee jerk response. That's just how she addressed everything with Paula. Be quiet. Just everything she said that, and so there was this moment of silence, and she felt the. I think she felt like I was somehow going to fuck it up or something. Like I was going <laughs> to, like, like just before Mr. Ross could begin the prayer, I was going to leap in with like a knock knock joke or something, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie, did didn't someone say on Facebook that they were just sick of the knock knock jokes? Well. Most people said they loved the knock-knock jokes. But, but that's not what recently, I asked you. No, I needed to preface <laughs> it because most people said they really loved the knock-knock jokes. But one guy said that he loved listening to our show while he was working out. And will we please stop telling the knock-knock jokes because that was one part that he wasn't enjoying while he was working out. And he was he would think to himself, could they just get through the knock-knock jokes? And then he said, even though I love you, Bonnie. You know oh. what? I just want to say to that guy, you know, your workout is not our responsibility. <laughs> I, I, but, but what I yeah. said to you, Bonnie, I said enough. to you, wasn't there someone on Facebook who said, could you guys stop with the knock-knock jokes? And you said, well, most people said blah, 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 which made me really think, have you ever taken the written DMV test? <laughs> <laughs> Why would you ask that? <laughs> I don't get the because, connection. Why because would you I, ask that? I just don't see how you could get through it. You know, it would yeah. say like, you know, do you stop at the red light? You know, do you uh, do you drive through the red light? Uh, do you increase your speed at the red light? And you would say, well, most people. But uh, when I, you would, you, you, do you see what I'm saying? Like you didn't, it was such a simple and direct question. Wasn't there a guy who said that? No. I wanted to make myself look good. Oh, yeah. oh good thinking. Because I was the one telling the knock-knock jokes. True enough. And people liked them. So I wanted to put in, throw in like but then he said he liked me, so yeah. I yeah. wanted to come yeah. off well in the story. No, that's good. You really have come off well. <laughs> All right. Um, you, you know, Paula, we're starting a new tradition this year. I'm pretty excited about it. What is it? Well, we're going to do our first ever uh, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone Secret Santa Gift Exchange. Oh, right. I almost forgot. Yeah, oh, it's going so to it's gonna be really fun. Here's what we decided to do. We're all we've all secretly gone out and bought someone else a gift, and now we're just going to take turns and present that person with the gift that we bought them. Yeah. Are you are you ready, Paula? <laughs> um, yeah, I am. It, it sounds like you might have completely forgotten this. I <laughs> Do you need a minute to run outside for a second? I'm just <laughs> looking around the room to see what I can wrap. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, let me, oh, jeez. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, right, yeah. We we'll won't start with you, Paula. Oh, we won't that's start good. With you. We'll get... That's that's good. <laughs> How could I have forgotten? I'm so sorry. This is the weirdest thing. Okay, uh, so in that case, let's go to Sherman Oaks, California. No, we'll go to Tony and Anita Hall. You start. You have oh to my start. God. Okay, I'll start. This is nobody thought of anything, did they? No, um, I have all right, something. Here's my. 
I just don't want to start. Here, here's my gift, all right? Yeah. I'll, I'll start. Bonnie Burns, I chose you as my Secret Santa recipient. And uh, oh. if you open the package in front of you, you'll see the first issue. I bought you three magazine subscriptions. Um, if you open oh. that package, you'll see. Let me you see. Now, you now are a subscriber to Popular Crinkles. Um, <laughs> Sonic Annoyance <laughs> Quarterly. <laughs> and extraneous noise aficionado, um, oh, which is a great one. You might you might see the cover story. There is seven food and mouth sounds guaranteed to drive him mad. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be receiving uh, you'll be receiving those every month this year, except uh, for Sonic and Orange Quarterly, which obviously comes out uh, four times a year. That is so wow. nice of you. Thank that you is a, so That's a beautiful much. gift. Uh, You're welcome, Bonnie. That was <laughs> Merry really Christmas. nice of you to think of me. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Crinkle. We love you. All oh, right, my, let's thanks um, so much. Okay, I'm ready. All right. All oh, right, Tony's Tony ready. Hall in Sherman Oaks, California. Who is your secret Santa recipient, and what did you get them? Well, it's awkward because I also chose Bonnie. Um, oh. but what? Well, yeah. Oh my gosh, really? Um, so oh mine, my. mine's okay. gonna, I don't know if it's been delivered. It's rather large. So I hope you have a place for it. It's, I know you love the Seahawks. So I got you life size cutouts <laughs> of all the Seahawks shirtless because I also know you like their bodies. <laughs> So I thought it's something to go with the lubricant and nipple gasms. Merry Christmas. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that is oh, so Jesus cool. <laughs> wow. And I'm putting it in my living room where you guys know that I still sleep on the couch and don't go up to the bedroom. Oh. That is the coolest. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's a really nice gift, Tony. It's a very really nice, nice gift that I never want to see in person. Um. <laughs> I'll post photographs. You know, you know, I, I, I forgot that I mailed it already. And I don't, it says right on it, don't open till Christmas. So you probably haven't opened it yet, Bonnie. But who? I got you. I, you? But I, Bonnie, I got Bonnie. Bro- oh my gosh, did we all do Bonnie? I think we all did Bonnie. Oh, we could have planned this better. Sakes. <laughs> oh, this so embarrassed you guys. I, I got you. Well, it's a gift. It's a gift basket. Um, I I got you a, a bag of rice because uh, you know uh, tough times. But the uh, but the amazing thing about the rice is that on each grain of rice, I've written with a teeny pen: "Do not put in your ear." <laughs> That's really and, nice. Yeah, and on the off chance that you don't read it, I also got you an ear Frida. <laughs> oh, an ear Frida. Not as popular an item as the nose Frida or the butt Frida, but uh, you know, in Bonnie's case, it could be coming very handy. Yeah, yeah. yeah you want to you want to be careful with it, of course. But yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, I also got you. Uh, a copy of that new book, Say What? Um, 
Well, I think we've all learned a valuable lesson about why they actually draw names out of a hat for Secret Santa usually because um... – Yeah, no, I thought – I no, I thought I... it was – oh, my God. We are, we are not good at, like, office celebrations, especially no. since the pandemic. You know, um, I want the listeners to know that, uh, you know, a lot of podcasts – they take Christmas off, but not us. We wanted, we wanted you guys to to have, you know, it's so depressing over the holidays when like not like you know the mail doesn't come on some days, and and I just we wanted to be there for you uh, as much as we could, but we're but this holiday stuff we're not we're not good at it as a as a company. I think. No, we re- I mean, like we we blew the uh, Thanksgiving plot potluck, and now we've blown Secret Santa because uh, the only person to get a present was Bonnie. However, I do want to point out that we still haven't gone around the horn to Bonnie Burns. So <laughs> unless she went ahead, unless she went ahead and bought herself a present, somebody else is getting the Christmas present. So we at least we have that going for us. Bonnie, what oh, did yeah. you get, and for whom? Okay, I I thought you guys said you're supposed to get one for somebody named Cynthia. Yes. What? So no. when I was on Chewy, Bonnie, we, we don't the work. Cat litter, we don't work with anyone named big... Cynthia. No, I thought you said something about get get a gift for there was somebody named Cynthia. Oh Jesus! Yeah, What's but, in so your I was ear? On Chewy, and I ordered like a dog toy. We're you ordered a dog, dog toy for some random person named Cynthia. <laughs> yeah. <We're>... No, <laughs> it's a thing, Jolly Ball, and it's indestructible. Do but we, Bonnie, so, we're a, we're a small enough organization <laughs> that we don't we don't have. There's like nobody on the third floor that we haven't met yet. It's just us. <laughs> Wait a second. Didn't you guys say get a gift for Cynthia? I didn't and say. And Bonnie it. will get a gift no. for Cynthia. Paula might have said that one that a gift idea might be a for Cynthia. No, <sighs> I could have sworn that's what you said. And well, you got her a dog toy? <laughs> no, because... All right. Well, Cynthia, if you're know. out there, enjoy your dog toy. <laughs> it's it's indestructible. It's indestructible. <laughs> well, you know what? Tell like you the what. who's in Whoville, we don't need <laughs> gifts to welcome Christmas to our place. So, you know, congratulations, Cynthia. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes no, Santa here's, Claus. Here's something I know about myself after years of watching and of the, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas and also reading it to my children. I am really fucking disappointed when they wake up in the morning and there are no presents. And I don't think going outside and holding hands and singing in a circle is in any way the same thing. I, I I just I agree with you. I just watched it with my daughter, and she gave me this look when they woke up, like, "What's the matter with these people?" Yeah, <laughs> I, I think Viv, I think Vivi was hoping for that it, that it would right after that become like a you know a Rambo style revenge flick. Yeah, no, you, <laughs> you know, know what? It, like one of the who's just straps on a lot of ammunition and heads up the mountain. <laughs> yeah, they all get torches. Come on, let's get that prick bastard. Yeah. Let's get our Merry Christmas to you, Grinch. Blam, 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 blam. Let it, let's get our wah, Wahoo Winklers back. Come on. Um, <laughs> you know, I was just kidding. I got you guys all a $5,000 bonus check. <laughs> wow. <did>. Out of Paulus. <laughs> 
Catapolis account. <laughs> no, that's that's fantastic, and it really right. Explains. And I got you a pony. <laughs> yeah, and it, it exp- and you know what? I heard some hoof steps outside earlier. Um, no, that's great that you got us all bonus checks for uh, from yeah. my account. That's fantastic, uh, and that certainly explains why my card was rejected earlier today. Um, <laughs> I always use that we when I'm talking to people. I go, we'd really like to comp you two tickets. We really <laughs> wish that you would blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, in lieu of this withdrawal from my account, I feel like an asshole, but can I have some of that rice back? <laughs> Wait, I have I don't to go know, Paula, something it, it, on, on the green. It's got ink on it. It doesn't yeah. matter. You, you boil it. it you know, you, it oh. comes off. It's all right. Oh my just, God. Ah. The, the ink is good for you. I, it's uh, edible ink. I promise everybody we'll have this whole thing fixed by next Christmas. All right. G.K. Chesterton wrote, Christmas is built upon a beautiful and intentional paradox that the birth of the homeless should be celebrated in every home. We'll celebrate Christmas by talking about gremlins next on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. <laughs> and your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. 
Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. <laughs> Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get 14-karat uh, gold jewelry and, like, all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, Jesus's neighbors said, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. No, not you. It's an expression. <laughs> Thank you, house band Kristen Lejeune. Paula, we have a tradition here. Around the holiday times is when we really like to review movies to let you know whether you should see a movie that's about to come out in the theaters or, or for home video. And this year, we have decided to review Gremlins. That's right. Because Can you explain that to our listeners, please? Because uh, there's a release of the movie Wonder Woman, the new movie Wonder Woman 1984, and Gremlins was made in 1984. So we watched Gremlins. I watched it just last night, just to refresh my memory, so that we can tell you whether you should watch Wonder Woman 1984. So here's a capsule recap of Gremlins. For those of you who haven't seen it, um... Billy Peltzer is a sweet young man in an idyllic American town filled with Christmas cheer and bumbling idiots. Billy receives an adorable, magical creature for Christmas, along with two simple rules to follow for safety. Wear a mask and practice social distancing. No, Wait, that wasn't no, it. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. The rules... no, that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, that, that wasn't it. The, the rules are don't get the creature wet, which he promptly does, and don't feed it after midnight, which he also does. In no time, Billy's idyllic town is overrun with malevolent little reptilian monsters who immediately indulge in some of humanity's favorite behaviors, murder, binge drinking, and hilarious racial stereotyping. Together with his new girlfriend, Billy must figure out a way to rescue his town from the gremlin pandemic, which, by the way, originated in China, but thanks to civic irresponsibility, got much, much worse in the United States. Ta-da! That, that sums it up. That's good. You know what? Um, yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. Gremlins is an hour, what, how long was it? Hour 40? Hour and 40 minute marketing ploy. Heidi is going to hate it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heidi, of course, our, our listener who feels like we do too much promotion. And you're right. Gremlins, yeah. Gremlins it, was a promotion not just for Gremlins toys, but for everything to do with Steven Spielberg. Yeah. It was, a, it was, it was also a product placement palooza. Now, Christopher Columbus, I guess, wrote the screenplay, and and the story he goes did. that Steven Stil Steven Spielberg thought it was one of the most creative things he had ever read. That's how the story goes. Anyways, I think Spielberg liked <laughs> the screenplay because there is homage after homage after homage to Spielberg. There, there's a billboard for a radio disc jockey using an Indiana Jones motif. The gremlins hide among right. some plush toys in the department store. And one of the plush toys is E.T. 
Christopher Columbus's Gremlins (laughs) screenplay was to Steven Spielberg what Bill Barr's unsolicited memo on the authority of the presidency was to Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, it was. What's the what's the delicate term I'm looking for here? Is it blowjob? Yeah, I think that is that is the delicate. I don't. I I don't know how Spielberg could have thought it was so original. The whole time I was watching, I kept thinking it's the trophy. It's time of the year. It just had <laughs> thing after thing that we've seen before. But I'll tell you what we haven't seen before, even in older movies, is snow that doesn't move. There's a there's a scene yeah. where there's a scene where he's getting out of a Volkswagen bug, the hero is, his car, and he yeah. slams the door and no snow falls off. It lit it literally yeah, it was like a perma snow. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like a Houston woman's hair in the in the seventies. <laughs> it just didn't move at all. I I think that the part that I hated most, and there's a lot to there's a lot to hate here. Um, I okay. actually like the movie. I mean, there's a lot to hate, but I like the movie in general. No, I will never forgive. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. I, huh? I will never forgive the needless romance story woven, uh, woven loosely into the script. It's just the girlfriend has well, n- she has no. Phoebe Cates played by Phoebe Cates. I don't know who that is. I I think her her name in the movie. Uh, <laughs> he called her Milk Toast, I believe. Um, that there was no discernible charm. To her and and no chemistry. Although, come to think of it, there was none for Billy either. They're perfect for each other. The, the, <laughs> the dialogue between the two of them was absolutely painful. So remember the part, Adam, when they're walking home in the fake snow among Christmas lights. Right, that's when he asks her out on a date. He walks her home from school or something and he asks her out on a date at the end. Yes. No, it was dark. It wasn't school unless they're... Unless it was adult okay. ed. That's the other thing. You couldn't really figure out. It might have been. They're not actually school kids. You're right. Yeah. They're, they're no, young they're, adults working. They're, yeah, they're young adults working, but not working very well. He works at the bank and he brings no. his fucking dog. You don't bring your dog to the bank. And then we're supposed and to And she's feel- a bartender. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's a bartender and she brings her lice. You don't bring your lice to the bar. She, I don't know. There was something about her that I just really didn't like. But f- for one thing, there was a there was a genre of of female uh, lead there for a while that always had some kind of deep dark secret and angst. And and to me, they were yes. just sort of miserable and not fun to watch. Um, so they're walking home. There's Christmas lights and s- fake snow and. And Billy, who is uh, supposedly a young adult, appears to be unfamiliar with the idea of of holiday depression. Um, he, he so whereas <laughs> it's whereas, a very it's a very happy town. Whereas Milk Toast is the poster child for holiday depression, she actually says uh, of people who get depressed at the holidays during their conversation, she says, while everyone else is yeah. opening up their presents, they're opening up their wrists. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was what, dark. I'll what give you holiday that. song is that from? Is, is that is that? Is that a Burl Ives hit? I, I don't know that one. Or, or Holly Dolly Jolly, holiday favorite? Opening up their wrists. Yeah. Who talks like Have that? Have a holly killy Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know she's she's depressed with the, with with the holidays. Uh, you know there is a 
there, there was around this love story some sort of plot involving monsters. We can talk about that or not. Um, what do you mean a plot? <laughs> but, but, oh, yeah, but, there was a plot involving monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Here's that, another thing. There's though. that lovable Mogwai gizmo, and, and, and he gets wet and he multiplies, and then you've got meaner gizmos, basically, and then they eat chicken after midnight and they turn into these uh, pod people. Yeah, here's the thing. You can, like, from the very, and I remember when I first saw the film years ago, I did think the Magua thing was kind of cute. But I watch it now, and all I can see is the doll that they're going to sell. And I know that Heidi is with me right now. But the other (laughs) thing is, they, they, they keep making it, throughout the film, they keep making it have a runny nose. And, you know, as a parent, yeah. I got to say, the one thing that's not cute about your kid is their runny nose. It's, you know, that sort of glazed donut look is not cute. But apparently <laughs> whoever did the puppets had really bad allergies. And so they would just sort of drip onto the puppets. And you would think that little magua gizmo had so much, well, shall we say drainage, that that mm-hmm. if he gets wet, he reproduces. That was that's why you find out they weren't supposed to get him wet. As if he gets wet, right? He reproduces. So why didn't his runny nose cause other mogwai to pop up his lo- upper lip? I you know what that's a, that's a reasonably good question. Yeah, uh, here's, a, here's something that you might not have known. Line. Gizmo's voice, Howie Mandel. Yeah. Yeah, he was born to play him. Uh, yeah, got to say bright light and things. Yeah, when you say Gizmo's voice, that was the other weird thing, is they spoke English. Yeah. The Magua, which came from China, the the father who presents this pet to his young adult son, um, got it from Chinatown. And, um, you know, from a, a place of very authentic Chinese things and an, and an authentic... Yeah. Chinese man, uh, well, really, he stole it from him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he stole it. He stole it from a from a very kind of suspiciously authentic, and I'm putting authentic in quotes, Chinese man, uh, to the point where he's literally like a Mandarin with a big beard and robes and speaks in a halting Chinese accent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah. Uh, let me just say he did one. Uh, uh, he did more than a. He's been on kung fu before. That actor. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think you're wrong about that. Oh, I know I'm so, right. So about in that. any, yeah, and and so, I believe he may yeah. have been in Mash as well because we, uh, well, I, I'll speak for myself. I, I, I cannot tell different um, Asian backgrounds apart, and apparently there's enough of us that fall into that category that they've been able to get away with this for years. Lord knows what the man's actual uh, heritage is, but. Uh, He's he's played both North Korean, South Korean, and Chinese. So I I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a varied co- career, but you know, at least he's genuinely Asian, as opposed to uh, John Wayne as Genghis Khan. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who went Who went on eventually to be Genghis Okan in the movie where he played the Irish guy? Um, right. Oh, the quiet one. Yes. Yeah, the Genghis quiet Okan. guy. Very the quiet popular. Man. Yeah. Um, all right, okay, so the girl uh, milk toast with the dark story. Phoebe so, Cates. So at one point, the, you know, the town has been ravaged by these 
reptilian creatures gremlins. that Adam described, these sure. gremlins. People have been killed. Uh, the, the, the Billy's mother has been attacked. The, okay, the science teacher. This was one of my favorite parts. Billy takes one of the uh, replicated uh, mugwai to his science teacher in his high school, his former high school. That's right. Like that guy is going to be able to determine the origins and uh, behaviors of this creature. He's a, he's a high school science teacher. You know, the truth is, Adam, you said it was a happy little town. I thought there were all sorts of yeah. signs of depression in the town. Financial depression. I think there was a, a through line there of people, like there was a lot of drinking in that bar and people had proposed right. to their, their mates in that bar. There was a sense of, a, you know, sort of a Pittsburghian, maybe a, maybe a town that had um, an industry that had moved away or something. There was a feeling about that. I guess, I, I guess there's some of that. I mean, and obviously housing prices aren't uh, exactly through the roof in that town because Billy, Billy's dad is is an, un, an incredibly unsuccessful inventor, and yet they've got a really nice house. Yeah, you know what I think? I think there's a backstory that they didn't talk because they kept showing like the the dad had invented all these things that were that were not good, and so they were failed. All these appliances that they had in their house that didn't work right. But the dad must have gotten something right like years before. You know what I mean? Like fake vomit, right. something. He must have done something Post-it that notes. really took <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> and uh-huh. and then just could never get it back again. Just mm-hmm. kept near missing. He was I'm coasting not- on coasting on that but yeah you're right the town was kind of depressive there was the you know the uh the town drunk was also the town racist you had some world war ii vet who uh <laughs> well that was the one they focused who, who on <laughs> there may have been more there um he was yeah. the but he was the one that the story that got told but here's what i think i think all the town's money went into the high school science department because they had a they must have had a goddamn uc davis over there the idea that he yeah. would bring this creature to the science teacher, who, by the way, in like the next scene, takes out a a syringe to draw blood from the mugwai. Well, where does he have a blood testing lab in a high school? And and where does he get a, a, a syringe with a needle in it in a high school? I think he probably got it from some of the students. Um, but he quite had, possible. Yeah. He had no business having it, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Um, well, yeah. he he eventually got it got it in the end, as as it were. Yeah, because um, yeah, he was one of the first victims of once those mogwais mutate into gremlins. And you know, by the way, after they mutate, are two of my favorite scenes in the movie. There's the mom defending her kitchen, which is genuinely funny. She puts one in a blender. She puts one in a microwave, like that urban legend about the dog in the microwave, and it explodes. Um, yeah, she puts one at him in the way back of the refrigerator, and she finds it months later. But it's Past it's kind of limp day. and it smells bad. Yeah, it's not entirely dead. <laughs> and then there's that scene in the bar where where Phoebe Cates, who you refer to as Milk Toast, the gremlins are now <laughs> killing everybody in town that they can. But for some reason, not only are they inhabiting this bar, um, but she's serving them as though they're regular customers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Milk, I love that. She's, she's milk like toast pouring them beer and stuff. Yeah. 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 She's trying to keep them happy. Um, You know, she'll do anything for a tip. Um, She's. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There was that. 
All right. So after there's been all sorts of, you know, killing and destructive uh, mayhem and now for some reason they go to the bank. I have no idea why they go to the bank. And again, there's, you know, things are thrown everywhere. Glass is broken. Uh, These scary, scary gremlins have been there. And Billy's like looking around for, I don't know what, some sort of, you know, clues to the mystery. And now is sure. the worst part of the movie when uh, Milk Toast, <laughs> the girlfriend. I know, where, I know where you're going here. Milk Toast <laughs> explains that one, the reason she hates Christmas, uh, and she's very, she's very bitter. Uh, she feels that people who hate Christmas should have equal rights uh, to people who don't. Um, she, said, she tells the story of how her father went missing when she was younger. And the cops couldn't find him. And then one night, she went to make a fire in the fireplace and noticed a bad smell. And they found her father stuck in the chimney in a Santa suit with a sack full of toys. And that he was his body was decaying. Yeah. 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 Uh, exactly. Exactly. How, and then, then she how says something a- about, like, now I, have, now I have another reason to hate Christmas. Oh, yeah, right. And now she piles this gremlin uh, experience onto her dad being stupid enough to actually get inside the chimney. He couldn't look down there and yeah. see it wasn't going to fit him, let alone a sack of toys. How delusional was he? Yeah. It's just not, you know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe around Easter we should do gremlins too because that takes place um, with an Easter theme and the girlfriend in that hated Easter because her father had dressed up in a bunny suit and gotten fucked to death by real bunnies. <laughs> you know yeah. you know how they fuck. Yeah, yeah, no, no, like like bunnies. Exactly. Basically. Very dangerous in the um, wrong hands. Yeah. What is it you like about the movie again, you tell me? I, you know, I just think it, it it's a kind of a fun '80s mix of you know grisly humor and kind of Spielberg small town you know magical bullshit. I, I I am entertained by a lot of those scenes that that you think are are stupid. I think they're kind of funny, like all mm-hmm. the gremlins uh, getting blown up in that movie theater. I thought was great. Them and the the kind of horrifying thing of that guy that. That stripey gremlin. You you think you've almost eliminated all the, all the reptilian ones, and that guy and and the stripey one runs to the high school and jumps in the swimming pool. I mean, that's great monster movie stuff. Yeah, it's still the whole thing was just a tribute to uh, uh, just before <laughs> the last. Um, they do finally they they kill all the gremlins, and the last gremlin to die is this evil leader gremlin uh, that they call Stripe, and. Uh, the because last, he's a mohawk. Yeah. And the last thing he says before he dies is, you sure can make a great film, Mr. Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paula, based on, based on your recent viewing of Gremlins, should our listeners go see or stay home and see Wonder Woman 1984? No, a- absolutely not. It's, uh, it, it's a bad omen. The, the the 1984 <laughs> thing, very bad omen. Yeah, what do you think? I would, I would say you should stay home, drop down your own chimney, and 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 watch Wonder Woman 1984 when it comes out. Yeah, think about how many people. What you could just possibly killed, go wrong? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I say stay away from Wonder Woman 1984, and whatever you do, don't watch Gremlins again. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Coming up next, the Burns Hull Report. This week, they cover the North Pole. Their report on Santa's whimsical family home with a backyard full of wonders, including a spacious reindeer barn, a wine collector's paradise, and featuring a live-in staff of merry little creatures who are not gremlins. That's coming up right after this. The cat of the week is Fred Astaire from Davis, California. Diller sent out Christmas cards that read, Money's scarce, times are hard, here's your fucking Christmas card. Stay tuned for more Christmas cheer on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Fun fact, no number before a thousand contains the letter A. But if you say them with an absurd Italian accent, they all do. <laughs> and <we're... laughs> now you get it. Here we go. <laughs> One, a two, a three. Okay. And we're back. Now, Paula, I'm very excited tonight, and I know you are too. And it's not just because of the pitter patter of reindeer hooves we're about to hear. No, I'm very excited. It's uh, <laughs> it's the uh, the hull. The Burns Hull, the Hull Burns Report. The Hull Hull Burns Report. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Bonnie Burns and Tony Anita Hull did a group report on Iceland uh, to let us know uh, what goes on in Iceland so we can attract some listeners there. And that report was a runaway success. Listeners keep writing in about it. They never stop. I mean, it's sweeping the nation. So we've decided <laughs> we've decided to create the Burns Hull Report, God help you, Tony, as a continuing feature. And uh, this week they d- they're doing a report on the North Pole. You know, we've gotten a lot of handwritten letters about the Burns Hull Report as well, I think. <laughs> but because President Trump put DeJoy in there and he fucked up the mail, they just yeah. haven't arrived yet. But I'm sure there's going to be a lot of handwritten <laughs> posted letters about It was the a Burns runaway Hull. sensation, absolutely. And, and, it, and it brings back the, the group reports from school from years gone by, doesn't it, Tony? Bonnie, does it feel like it used to in school when you did group reports? Well, you know, the whole idea of this group report was me complaining about how stupid it was in high school when you had to do a group report and then one person never carried the weight and another person had to do the whole thing. And then, you know, your grade was determined by the whole group and how frustrating it was. And I just found out my daughter's in college now and they have to do a group report in college. And I think that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Because first of all, you're in college. How does anybody get together in college when they're all doing different things. But the other thing is, I thought the whole point of a group report, like in high school, was so they got to know each other. I don't think that's what it's for. No. In fact, 
when my son was in maybe middle school or maybe it was elementary school, I can't remember anymore, he had to, to do a, a group report and he was not a great student. But I got to say, one day, you know, he gets on the phone and he calls um, the other girls in his group because I think it was all girls. He calls the other girls in his group and he schedules for them to get together at our house and work on their project. And I was so impressed. I said to him, I go, you know, of everything that you've learned in school, um, that what you just did there is probably the thing that you will use the most. Scheduling, coordinating other people's schedules, getting the phone number, right? Uh, Being the person sort of pushing the agenda a little bit. These are adult skills that you use in a group report. Whereas uh, I think so much that I don't think it was so that you could get to know each other when you were in high school. I mean, unless they gave it to you on the first day, Bonnie, when did you do your group report in high school? You know what? I mean, I don't remember doing a group report in high school because we would have thought that was below us. Like get together in a group (laughs) and do a report. Like we would have been like, that would have been like so stupid. Did like, wait a minute? Wait, Bonnie, did you go to that school uppity high? <laughs> you know, like honestly, in Seattle, like why would we do what they tell? Like no, we wouldn't do that. We didn't carry umbrellas in Seattle. We thought that was below us. Well, I well, think but, that's but, below anybody. But I, I do want to point out uh, the, the lion's share of stuff that you do in your professional life later in life is in groups, including almost all science. Um, like it's like so, not wearing a name tag at a like group thing. Like I'm above a group report. I'm not doing a group report. <laughs> I'm not wearing the name tag so you can see my name. <laughs> well, I used to not like name tags, but I really do now. Uh, I, I, I used to never want to wear a name tag when I went to something. And now I'm like, you know what? Let me at those name tags. Because uh, I, I can't remember. Uh, well, because I can't remember people. I make my kids wear name tags. I can't remember people's names. <laughs> Everybody, if we were if we were recording back in the studio together, all of us together, I would insist that you guys all wear name tags. Absolutely. That's, that's a reasonable you request. You don't think the group report was a dumb, stupid way that the teachers had of trying to get the t- kids to meet one another? No, no, not no. most of them. It, it, it was, it was, and, and you know, Bonnie, I think it's worth pointing out that you're talking about how one kid always ends up doing all the work on that Iceland report. I mean, Tony Anita Hull did almost all the work. <laughs> no, she didn't. Tony, Bonnie, Bonnie brought her <laughs> jokes. See, that's Bonnie why you what? need name tags. It's Bonnie. Bonnie <laughs> Bonnie brought jokes, the Icelandic jokes. No, did we not yes. take a bunch <laughs> of facts and then go over them and go, okay, you do this, I'll do that. Like, I had things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. here's my point, Bonnie. Up. Here's my point. Where did that bunch of facts come from? Did the fact fairy drop them off in your house? No, I had some, but we already know she- each other. I had, I didn't have to deal with Peggy Glutz out of the blue, who maybe wow. didn't even speak, who? like didn't even lift a book, was just there going, uh-huh, uh, yeah, okay, well, I'll meet you at seven, but I'm not going to show up. Peggy Glutz? Wow. <laughs> Peggy Glutz just- was a dick. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, Peggy Glutz. By the way, I was, uh, you know, I watched the credits um, to to Breaking Bad every night, and uh, uh, Peggy Glutz is an executive producer on Breaking Bad. <laughs> That's what I always say. A team player is Peggy Glutz. Yeah, she worked her way up because she was uh, she was also okay. on um, she she was a, a one of uh, she was a line producer on uh, uh, Orange Is the New Black. So, oh my God, look her up, Tony. Have you Googled Peggy Glutz yet? I'm Jeez, actually I mean, she's, Googling she's, her right now. <laughs> of course, she's you are all over show business. She's okay, amazing. Wait, let me just ask all of you guys something. Did you ever have a good? group report experience like you look back and you go oh yeah that was I, I that was really good i remember that one yeah yeah really tony <laughs> no i i hate group projects i hate group projects i agree with the captain on this well then let's Thank take you. the two people who hate group projects and have them present <laughs> their group project to us well, uh, you know, Adam, I think you mischaracterized. I just want to come to Bonnie's defense here. I think you mischaracterized uh, her participation in the Iceland project. Um, okay. Because, uh, because Tony volunteered this in a private conversation with me that um, although Bonnie didn't bring a lot of facts or, or research, um, she provided the umbrella during the whole <laughs> Iceland project. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I guess everybody did their part. I withdraw that. Um, all right, so um, you ladies who hate your 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 uh, group reports, uh, come give us your report about the North Pole. Okay, great. Are you ready? So, Bonnie? without further ado, here's I Bonnie am. Burns and Tony Anita <laughs> no, Hall with the Hall Burns this report. Out. I, I, uh, okay. I, okay. Oh, they they planned it. I just wanted to make sure you're ready. Out. I know. I start. I start. I know. I no. I'm ready. And, Okay, I just Welcome, want to make sure you're ready. Here. Welcome to our report on the North Pole. <laughs> I hate this. Bonnie Burns and Tony Anita Hall. <laughs> and I would now like to turn things over to my partner, Tony Anita Hall. Oh, that was well done. Yeah. Thank you, Bonnie. Um, so <laughs> there are there are there are a lot of different North Poles. This is what I feel like I I we discovered together. So, um, first of all, I'm going to talk about the geographic North Pole, which is the northernmost point on the planet, and it's where the Earth's axis intersects with its surface. And so, its latitude is 90 degrees north, and all lines of longitude meet at the geographic North Pole. And from there, every direction turn like any. Any direction you turn, you're always going south, which is kind of wild. Which makes so if you're sense. standing oh, at the North yeah. Pole and you ask somebody how to get somewhere, they can only tell you to head south. South, yes, which yeah. I never oh, thought that about. Would be, that would be well, good for really me because I couldn't, I couldn't fuck it up. So all these lines of latitude—is that what you said? The lines of latitude. All the lines of longitude meet. My at mistake. The North Pole. All the lines of longitude meet. At the North Pole. And I assume they laugh at Trump behind his back. Sure they do. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens at most at most global global meetings now. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Tony, we've got that one. If you put a stick through the planet, the North Pole is the stick through which it rotates. 
around which it rotates. Yes, exactly. And because all lines of longitude begin from it, the North Pole has no time zone. Think about that. That's crazy. What do you mean no time zone? Wow. So what time is it? I see what it means. So what time is it at the North Pole? The answer is yes. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Is it yes (laughs) o'clock? Correct. It's yes o'clock at all times. So meaning there's no time there? There's no time zone because it's at the, there, there, that's, that's the top. So like where, where time is it there? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? No. Um, I would guess, and this is just a guess, that if you're at the North Pole and you want to know what time it is, I would guess everybody there uses something like Greenwich Mean Time or Eastern Standard Time. Sure. We'll go with that. Okay. All right. Fine. All right. Tell us about the other, tell us about the other North Pole. <laughs> um, there's, also, there's also the magnetic North Pole. Which uh-huh. this I find wow. confusing. And Adam, you might be able, this sounds like something you could explain better than I can. Um, so the magnetic North Pole is not the same as the true North. It's several hundreds of miles south of the geographic North Pole. Earth's iron core movement within its outer part generates a magnetic field. And the magnetic north and south poles are where the field is vertical. So compasses actually point to the magnetic north pole, not the geographic north pole. I think you explained it perfectly. I mean, it, it's absolutely true. I think it's a, it's somewhere in like in Canadian territory or something. And yeah. if you are standing anywhere uh, north of there, your compass is going to point south. Yes, that is correct. I think my compass is going to point anywhere I hold it. Right, because you're talking about the compass that we use in high school geometry, right? I don't know about you, but I'm in charge of my compass. You got to take charge of your compass, compass head. Um, remember when Bernie Sanders... Compass head. When Bernie Sanders used to call you compass head. Oh, my God, I loved that. So that was Me my favorite uh, my favorite thing about the Bernie Sanders uh, visits to our show. I, I miss him. I miss being called I Compass I wish he would come back. I agree. Bernie, well, do you yeah. want to come pay a little visit while we're doing <laughs> we'll our have, report? We'll, we'll have to. Uh, he's busy now. Uh, yeah. he's, oh. you know, he's got a lot of... All right, so, Tony, play. there's more There's more North Poles. Yeah, but I'm going to put a pin in the other North Pole for now, and I'm going to pass it to Bonnie to talk about the oh, weather in the North okay. Pole. Well, can I just say I'm really, I really got excited about the North Pole. It was actually my idea to do the North Pole because. Did you do this a lot on your group projects in school? Did you go, it was my idea to do this? (laughs) Because that's not really germane. And then after that, probably a lot of the others didn't want to work with you. Is that correct? Yeah, Yeah. I think that's true. And you know, it's not supposed to be a Yeah, this was my idea, Peggy Fault, you bitch. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It's not supposed to be a particularly good quality in a person to take credit for things. So no, that's I'm sure what your your group told you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me push them to the back. I'll push Tony to the back. Okay, because I had read somewhere that actually people lived in the north on the North Pole, but as it turns out, no one lives there, and the reason is 
that the ice is constantly moving, so it makes it impossible to establish a permanent community. And the people who live the closest by, nearby, are the Inuit, Inuit people? Yep, Inuit. Inuit, Inuit. Inuit, yeah, who um, live in the Arctic regions of Canada, Greenland, and Russia. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you a little bit about the weather at the North Pole. Um, Oh, good. Okay, well, here you go. So they only have one sunrise and one sunset every year. Uh, The sunrise is in March and the sunset is in September. And there's sunlight all day in the summer and it's always dark in the winter. The average temperature in the summer is 32, and in the winter, the average temperature is 40 below zero. Whoa! Yeah. That's cold. And even with that, the North Pole is warmer than the South Pole. Do you want to take a guess why? Oh. The North Pole is warmer. It's warmer than the South Pole? Is that what you said? Even, I'm gonna go even with, with those temperatures. I'm gonna Why'd go with ocean currents. I'm gonna go with ocean currents. I don't know though. Mm, I know why it's no or prevailing winds. I know why it's warmer in the North Pole than the South Pole, because the person who takes the temperature is mistakenly using a rectal thermometer. Oh, that's totally possible. And by the way, the idea that uh, Paula's rectal thermometer goes all the way down to negative 40 is a little surprising to me. <laughs> that's that's one cold you know Yeah, you know the expression, freezing my ass off? Yeah, yeah. that's exactly. Yeah. yeah, That would be that. Um, you know, the thing oh about God. the North Pole that you said, buddy, where you said that there was people didn't live up there. You know what's weird about that? is that Trump is still trying to blow Santa Claus to get a Trump hotel up there. That's the weird <laughs> thing about that. <laughs> also, also, we let Bonnie just kind of bypass the, the, the you know, just kind of go by the sentence, I had read that people lived at the North Pole. <laughs> well, no, I thought I, I read that there was a real little town up there, but it turned out I was wrong. Okay. So okay. Here's, no, you know so what? I think you might have been reading wrong. Highlights okay. magazine. I think it was Highlights Magazine, and I think they were talking about the elves, Bonnie. you got to yeah. really check your sources. That's so Absolutely. important. <laughs> okay. So, wait, Bonnie, I, I do want to know the why. answer to your trivia question. Yeah, tell us. Okay, here's why. Um, because, let's see, uh, because the North Pole is over water and the South Pole is over land. Oh, oh. the continent of Antarctica makes it colder. Oh, I see. I thought it was that? because I thought it was because in the North Pole they grow candy canes. Uh, Bonnie, talk <laughs> about that. It, it is. A, it's a. It's. I can't believe you ever read that there were that there were not people there. There are people there. There. There no, are little people there. There was elves. T- no Christmas okay. town. Well, Bonnie, it's Christmas town. No, that's. I'm giving my report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. You know what, Paula? She's going to cry, Paula. Let her finish science. her report. I'm dealing with real science. Okay, here's yeah. here's <laughs> some more information. <laughs> yeah, go By ahead. By the way, I, th- some more I think you and Tony structured this report beautifully. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Yeah. so. 
I like the way you've left room for give and take with the listeners. I think that's good. (laughs) Okay. You can only travel to the North Pole by sea in June or July. Um, Yeah. The rest of the time you have to either get there by helicopter or plane in... Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) This is perfect for Tony, because, Tony, you're going there on your cruise. Is that right? You're going there on your cruise in December. I'm getting to that. Yeah. Well, okay. the, 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 I, th- I think I do want to insert that you, you might be using slightly older data because one of the things that's happening is that more and more you can get you can travel k- kind of uh, over the polar ice caps all year round thanks to uh, climate change. Well, that's what I was just going to get to, which is okay. that it was that you could only travel there by sea in June or July. Um, but the prediction now, because of climate change, there's so much ice melting. In fact... What they think is by 2050, the ice is going to be so thin that you'll actually be able to sail right over the North Pole, which is really horrible. And they've lost so much ice cover there that it equals the uh, Mexico, the size of Mexico. That's how much ice they've lost up there. They've lost a full Mexico of ice up there is what you're saying. (laughs) It's the equivalent to losing a chunk of sea ice bigger than Mexico. When wow. did Mexico become a standardized form of measurement? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and while yeah. we're at it, how many more Mexicos of ice are there up there? I think they think... Uh... <laughs> you can say you don't know. Okay. I don't know. I was looking at my figures. <laughs> It, it doesn't bode well, okay? That's, no. yeah. that's the bottom line. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, that was Thanks. really informative. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, now we have Bonnie, to go back great. to Tony. Let's, this report is fantastic. Back to Tony. Tony? Well, I'm going to talk about uh, North Pole, Alaska. Because that's a place? Alaska has a town. Yep, has a called, town called North Pole. It's a Christmas-themed town. Um, oh. It has 2,117 people and is actually Republican-leaning in, <laughs> in the North Pole. Yeah, uh, um, Santa uh, Santa wants a recount. That's how bad it's gotten. <laughs> yeah. He wears red. <laughs> um, he does. Oh, my gosh. Mind blown. Ho, 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 ho. Fake news. <laughs> Oh, 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 fake news. Oh, 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 oh. Trump won easily. Deep state. They've been very naughty. Oh, 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 the deep state. He, he used to try, you know, Santa used to try to keep politics out of it, but he's he's just given up on that now. He's just he's all in for the Republicans. Well, if, if, if you think about it, even when you're bad, you get coal in your stocking. Oh, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, you, so he's you really don't get clean energy. The, you, yeah, you don't get a windmill. No, he's dependent on the he's dependent on the coal industry. Um, Big coal. Yeah. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, and Santa was on the front lines of the war on Christmas. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if say you know one of the 
uh, like Breyer retires or something from the Supreme Court if Trump didn't put Santa in on the Supreme he Court. Really, he really could. He really might. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, because good luck, good no luck for those elves would... ever unionizing. Yeah, and because and, no one would be willing to not, uh, you know, vote him in when they went to, uh, 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 you know, approve of him or not. I mean, who's going to do that? Who's going to, yeah. who wants to go on the record saying, I don't want Santa on the Supreme Court? Yeah. <laughs> Senator that's, Booker that's... wrote no on Santa Claus. This year, vote no on <laughs> Senator Booker. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, Tony, I interrupted. I didn't mean that's to. That's okay, no. No, please. The show's called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. You should interrupt. Um, Christmas-themed streets in North Pole, Alaska include Santa Claus Lane, St. Nicholas Drive, Snowman Lane, and Kris Kringle Drive. Streetlights in the city are decorated in a candy cane motif, and many local businesses have similar decorations. They Um, must have an astronomical suicide rate. <laughs> oh, what? Wow. <laughs> because wow. I know that I could last maybe a month there. No, I like they I have, like the sounds of this. They have an all-female flat track roller derby league called the North wow. Pole Babes in Toyland. I like that. <laughs> that sounds good. And maybe code- maybe Milk toast from milk toast from Gremlins could join that team, and maybe it would perk her up around the holidays. Maybe she could forget about the smell of her dad's body decomposing in the chimney. Yeah, <laughs> you can keep so going, the zip Goody. Code of, of, <laughs> this is why I hate group projects. Um, the, <laughs> The zip code in uh, the in North Pole, Alaska, is nine nine seven zero five. So they advertise it as the zip code of Santa. And if you send a letter addressed to one Santa Claus Lane in North Pole nine nine seven zero five, you might just get a letter back from the man himself. Wow! Wow! wow. Huh. Nine nine seven zero five. What does that mean? Nothing. It doesn't have a significance, right? It, it's a, it's a zip code. All right. Okay. I thought it was like <laughs> no, like the zip code in the town I grew up in was zero seventeen seventy six. So I thought it had oh, that kind really? of symbolism. Yeah. Oh, you guys got lucky. You see, people on the East Coast, you know, when the zip codes were first given out numbers, they I think they had a little more leeway to choose. Once you get out to California, where everything starts with a nine, it, it, there's a little less choice. Yeah. Imagine coming from a town where it was zero twenty twenty. Oh, oh, that was a terrible zip code. <laughs> Tony, what else? I'm good. That's it. That's the end of my my portion oh. about. I think Bonnie, that's the end of our whole report. It's the end. Well, I think I'm done too. You ladies didn't really put a lot of uh, thought into your conclusion of, of this report. <laughs> Well, it, no, yeah. that's not true. You know what? F you. I did. Whoa! <laughs> it ended with Santa's address. It ended with Santa's address. I said, if you send it to this address, you might get a letter back from the man himself. That was the fucking ending, Adam. 
I've ruined Jeez. Christmas again. <laughs> I have never, I've never heard Tony go off like that before. Oh my gosh! Oh my I bet you, I bet you, Tony didn't get a lot of CMEs from her teachers. No, <laughs> they were they were terrified. <laughs> I want to say, Bonnie and Tony, uh, the the Burns Hull report on the North Pole was fantastic. It, it yes. far exceeded my expectations. It was <laughs> it was informative. I feel like, uh, I mean, I can't go to any cocktail parties now because of COVID, and of course I also don't drink, but I, I feel like I could make, you know, cocktail party conversation uh, with anybody about the North Pole right now. And if I'm ever on a game show where you win money for answering questions about the, the North Pole, I'm going to be able to pay my rent, honest to God. And I want to I want to add, I thought that was just fantastic. It definitely exceeded my expectations, uh, too, which might have been originally somewhat lower than Paula's. But uh, you guys <laughs> did, did a, just a, a crack-up job on that report. Um, all right, everybody, you can subscribe to this podcast. Just go ahead and do it, because then you'll get things like this in your in your inbox every week. If you want to enter our theme song contest or send us an email, do that at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Once again, that's nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Santa Felber. Special thanks to our house band, Kristen Lejeune. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hall. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starburns production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. You know, uh, <laughs> there's, so, there's, so, there's so many Christmas movies on this year like they made all these new television christmas movies um yeah uh, a lifetime channel hallmark channel the bleeding fucking heart channel and um i caught one the other night it was uh it was about um where mary and joseph accidentally followed the wrong star uh on that night and uh ended up at julia roberts house uh-huh. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, that was, was the wrong, that was the wrong star that they followed. Uh, I get um, it. <laughs> yeah. It was called Joseph, Why Don't You Just Pull Over? That was the name of that movie. <laughs> That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? <laughs> what? Oh, Paul. Here comes Santa Claus. Well, Paula, do you, do you hear that, Paula? It sounds like sleigh bells. It does. That's not sleigh bells, Adam. You know what that is? What's my that? my smartphone is set so that when we get an email uh, uh, at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, um, it it dings, and so many people have been responding to the Iceland report that. It just sounds like bells all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. No. Every time your email dings, Tony Nina Hall gets her wings. Oh. Well, I, actually, Adam, don't.
don't even need a hole. He's an angel. She is an angel. And uh, so she's already had her wings, Adam Felma. Well, Merry Christmas, Mrs. Culpepper. And a Merry Christmas to you, Adam Felma, and to your, and to the Who's in your house and the and the uh, other Cratchit, uh, the Cratchit children. You, because you're the Bob Cratchit of the. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Would you like me to turn the heat up, Adam? Yes, please, please, if you don't mind, Mrs. Culpepper. Podcast Network.